live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 106.1 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 106.1 ESPN. Hey, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Oh, it's 5 o'clock right here on a Friday afternoon. In fact, a couple minutes after 5, the weekend is officially underway. If you're finishing up work, congrats on making it through the week. It looks like it's going to be a terrific weekend that all the smoke and smog and haze is blowing its way out of here, and we should have a really nice weekend, and we're glad you started it off with us this afternoon. Bob Black with you here, hosting remotely on a Friday afternoon, AJ in our ESPN Richmond studios, and we'll have some time a little bit later in the hour to talk with you at 804-327-0888. We ended up the 4 o'clock hour talking baseball, primarily Atlanta Braves baseball, the top of the NL East. We're going to continue the baseball talk here at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, uh, unfortunately to the bottom of the NL East with the Washington Nationals. Mark Zuckerman joins us to start the 5 o'clock hour from the Nats Chat Podcast, which you hear here on 106.1 ESPN. You can also uh, follow them on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts because they've got a new one each and every day after the Nationals uh, play. And Mark joins us regularly from time to time as well at Nats underscore chat if you want to follow him on Twitter as well. Mark, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Doing fine, thanks. And I, I asked that question even more pointedly to you after the last couple of days. What was the experience like up in the D.C. area with the air quality issues and, and how odd a feeling it must have been? Look, we get games postponed in baseball because of rain and even, you know, in April we have snow outs and that sort of thing. But but this kind of postponement had to be a little surreal, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I, I was thinking to myself yesterday, running through the, the checklist in my mind of all the different types of uh, postponements I've dealt with over the years covering the team. This was definitely a new one. I, I've had rainouts. I've had uh, power outages. I've had remember the earthquake from way back when caused the game to be postponed. But uh, this was a first for that. And you know, you, you kind of saw it coming because they played Tuesday and Wednesday. It was a little bad. It wasn't that bad. But you saw what happened in New York and Philly when they had to postpone the games there. And everybody said, "Well, it's going to be worse on Thursday." So I. I wasn't shocked by it when it happened, but uh, to actually see a game not be able to be played for that reason, it's pretty weird. I mean, it was the right call. I don't think any of the players wanted to you know, subject themselves to that being out there. Certainly didn't want fans to have to sit through it. But, um, you know, you come up with a list of, of things that could cause a game to be postponed. You're really not thinking about the air quality as being one of them. Not, not at all, and, and kind of tough for the uh, for the D backs in this situation because they are going to to squeeze it and make that game up, right? So they're going to have to come back. I think they're in between a couple of other cities on a road trip. And now, look, I, they're major league baseball players. They they deal with it. You know, they're leading the NL West. They would certainly want to play the game and hopefully get a victory. Um, but that that's a little bit tough from a scheduling standpoint, isn't it? Right, and I think that's one reason why um, they waited till kind of the last minute before they called it off. It was only about 90 minutes before game time yesterday. They finally postponed it. The, the problem was this was the last time that the two teams were scheduled to play each other mm-hmm. this year. Uh, the Nats were already in Phoenix back in early May. So it's not even like you'd say, okay, well, we'll add an extra game out there and let the Nats be the home team. Uh, so I think they wanted to wait as long as they could to make sure, no, there's just no way we can play this game today. 
decided, yes, that was the case. So now it's uh, June 22nd. It would have been an off day for the Nats uh, prior to their West Coast trip out to San Diego. Not a huge deal for them. But, yeah, Arizona is now going to make a stop here in between Milwaukee and San Francisco. So it's not exactly on the way from Milwaukee (laughs) to San Francisco to stop off in D.C. for the day. So, yeah, you feel for them. Uh, not ideal, but it really was about the only scenario they could come up with that made any sense. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Definitely a, a detour for them. But as we said, they're they're in the midst of a pennant race. They're going to want to play it and, and get the win. So meantime, that leaves the Nationals, Mark, with a four-game losing streak, 7 out of 10, 11 under 500 now. Where Where is kind of this team at? I think the last time we talked, we were a little upbeat. We were a little positive about what we were seeing, the competitiveness, uh, winning some games. But but is is this the big concern that, you know, this is how this season is going to go right now? Well, I think it's going to have its peaks and valleys, you know, honestly. And, yeah, last time we talked, they were doing pretty well, and there was a lot of optimism about the young players and the fact that they were competing with everyone, and even the games they lost were all close. And it's turned south a little since then. I kind of had a sense that might happen, and if for no other reason than the schedule. Uh, they were playing some, some lesser teams back then, the Royals, Tigers. They had some success there. And uh, after that, it started with a trip out to L.A. at Dodger Stadium. So they went Dodgers, Phillies, Diamondbacks, and now Braves and Astros on this road trip. That's a gauntlet for any team to go through, certainly for a rebuilding team like the Nats. So you felt like, okay, for them to hang on at this point, they're going to have to play really good baseball. And to be honest, they just haven't done that. They have not gotten the pitching that they were getting earlier in the year. The bullpen has kind of turned into a, a problem for them, and so you see them losing some of these games. And I'm sure it's frustrating for, for fans, but also for the players who were feeling good about themselves just a couple weeks ago. Um, but I do think you have to remind yourself, okay, this is still a rebuilding team. Uh, they're going to go ups and downs, and, and they're not quite there yet. Certainly when they have to face tough competition like they have here lately, and they're going to face the rest of the week, Um it's going to get a little tougher on them, and they've got to sort of keep their heads up and say this is all part of the process. You hope you can win a few games and just hang in there as best as you can. Well, Mark, speak a little bit more to the pitching, um, and particularly the younger guys. I think we, when we converse, we always talk about guys like Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray. Gray going tonight, in fact, um, uh, against Atlanta, and just kind of what you're seeing there as the nucleus of what you think will be the future of this pitching staff. Well, if there was a bright side to the uh, smokeout yesterday, it's the fact that now they get to have Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore both face the Braves. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see that. I want to see how they handle that. They both faced them back in April in the opening series. Uh, Gray, remember, first two batters of the season that he faced, he gave up home runs, (laughs) and then he kind of battled his way through that start and tried to salvage it. And he's been really good since, in large part because he's prevented home runs. Uh, So let's see now on a, a... warm night in Atlanta, a very good lineup, obviously. Can he keep them in the ballpark? He started to walk some batters. The pitch count's getting up there a little bit. That was his issue last year. I think he's got to try to get that back under control, uh, try to um, you know, keep the pitch count down so that he can go deeper in the game. Uh, trust that he can get outs with weak contact. That's going to be his thing. So I'm interested to see how he does with that. Now, Mackenzie Gore, I thought, really looked good the first time. But he faced the Braves. That was the first time we had seen him at all in a Nationals uniform. And while he's had some ups and downs, he's had good starts and bad, there's been more good than bad. And the good ones have been really, really good. Struck out 10 a few times, struck out 11 
in Kansas City. He's got the stuff. He's got the swagger. He's got the presence of a number one starter. But this is a big assignment, obviously, on the road against that team. So I want to see how he handles that. Uh, If this team is going to uh, exceed expectations on this road trip, it's going to have to start with the starting pitching. They've got to get at least six, maybe even seven innings from those guys so they can hand it over to the back of the bullpen after that. Hey, let me ask you about another one of these pitchers, and I asked this a little bit self-serving. He's not one of the, the younger guys, uh, but I happened to be in D.C. over the weekend and saw the Philadelphia-Washington game on Sunday that, that Trevor Williams pitched, and I was actually pretty impressed by, by what I saw from him. I know he's a pretty high uh, draft pick back in the day. I think Miami picked him, um, but I just wonder, you know, does he fit in here at all? Where is he? Is he a stopgap? But I actually thought he threw the ball pretty darn well. He has done a very nice job, and, and they signed him over the winter. It didn't get a lot of attention, but it was a two-year deal for $13 million. And he had been kind of a swingman, mostly out of the bullpen for the Mets last year, who started just when they needed someone. The Nats said, no, you know what? Come here. We'll make you a full-time starter. You're going to be at the back of the rotation, number five guy. But they needed some veteran presence in, uh, in that rotation. And he's done exactly what they wanted him to do, which he gives them a chance every five days. He's not going to go out and dominate. He's not a big strikeout guy. He's mostly try to induce ground balls, get weak contact, and all that. Uh, but he has been what they've needed him to be. Uh, no real blow-ups. Give them a chance. The, the biggest thing with him, and it ties in, I think, with um, him being a reliever uh, at different parts in his career, he can look great for three or four innings, and then about the fifth or the sixth, it kind of falls apart. And so they have been reluctant to push him that much in that game the other day that you were there for, he got over a hundred pitches for the first time in two years, and Davey pulled him. He didn't want to push him beyond that. Uh, he wound up going to the bullpen, gave a home run, and the whole thing fell apart after that. So, I'm interested to see as the season plays out, would they extend him further, let him go beyond a hundred pitches, or do they just understand that's about as far as he's going to go? Um, it's not the end of the world. You just have to go into his starts knowing. You're looking for five innings, probably tops, and maybe if you're lucky and he's efficient, then you get into the sixth. Uh, finishing up with Mark Zuckerman, that's Chat Podcast, and that that one played out exactly like what you just talked about a few moments ago, and that is that the bullpen couldn't couldn't keep them in the game on that on that Sunday afternoon. Uh, offensively, uh, everyday guys, is there somebody who's kind of percolated in your eyes a little bit here in the last in the last couple of weeks? Lane Thomas has been on fire uh, yeah. since about May first. He. He's got nine homers on the season. They've all been since May 1st. We hit eight of them that month. Uh, he has done really well and opened a lot of eyes. And he's in that interesting category. of you know, He's not one of the core young players, uh, Caber Ruiz, C.J. Abrams, Luis Garcia, or, or one of the prospects that hasn't come up yet. But he could still be a part of this thing long term. Uh, he's got, I think, two more years after this of club control. It was a really savvy pickup by the Nationals. Remember... All the trades they made two years ago, and this was the last one they made right before the deadline, they sent John Lester to the Cardinals. John Lester was at the end of his career. He didn't have much left in him. He was not very good for the Nationals. But the Cardinals had a need for some pitching help. They were willing to give up a guy who didn't have a lot of chances to play there. He was a fourth or even fifth outfielder there. And that's picked him up. They've given him a chance to play. And you know what? He's turned out to be really good for them. In addition to the offense, he's got six assists, which is tied for most in the NL among all the outfielders. Had a great throw the other night against Arizona. Um, this is a good example of, yes, you want to build with big-name prospects that you either draft or you get in those trades, but sometimes it's the unlikely guys um, who just need an opportunity to play every day, and they can rise to the occasion. And 
at the moment he's doing that, and it'll be really interesting to see, can he keep that up? Because if so, he could actually be a part of this thing, uh, not just in the short term, but in the long term as well. That's why we keep coming to the ballpark and watching the games day in and day out. Uh, Mark, appreciate it this afternoon. Uh, be interested to watch how those guys perform this weekend uh, against, obviously, a red-hot and very good uh, Atlanta Braves team. Mark, thanks so much. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Okay, thank you too, Bob. Mark Zuckerman, Nats Chat Podcast. You'll hear it Sunday morning here on 1061 ESPN. And we check in with Mark or Al Galdi uh, from time to time during the course of the season. And again, if you're a Mets fan like AJ or a Phillies fan like me, you're rooting for the Nats this weekend, right? To try and knock those Braves off a couple of couple of games at the top of the uh, National League East standings. All right, thanks to Mark for uh, joining us, getting the 5 o'clock hour started. Let's keep it going at just about a quarter after 5 on this Friday afternoon. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You can save up to 30%. Check them out online at jamesriverair.com. Um, super regional action today. College baseball. Duke knocks off Virginia 5-4. Blue Devils led that game 3-0. Cavaliers rallied for four to take the lead. But Duke scored two in the top of the eighth and held on. Uh, two on, two outs in the bottom of the ninth. And Jake Geloff hit a drive to the left field fence that was caught for the final out of the game. Game two of the Super Regional tomorrow at noon in Charlottesville. A Duke win sends them to the College World Series. A Virginia win sends that to a third game on a Sunday at a time to be determined. A little bit more college baseball news. This is breaking college baseball news. And just into us from the University of Richmond, the Spiders have announced today that they are not uh, renewing the contract of baseball head coach Tracy Woodson who had been the Spiders head coach for uh, the past 10 seasons and uh, his contract not being renewed at the University of Richmond. So the Spiders will have a new head baseball coach next year. Tracy was 238, 241, and 2. Uh, the Spiders in the past couple of years in the Atlantic 10 tournament, they got to the final last year but couldn't win it and got knocked out after three games. This year, of course, Tracy formerly the head coach at Valparaiso before coming to Richmond. He's a local guy from Benedictine High School here in Richmond, played his college ball at North Carolina State, and then had uh, five years or so in the major leagues with the Dodgers and the Cardinals, won a World Series championship, in fact, while he was part of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So Tracy Woodson, uh, not renewed at the University of Richmond. We'll be able to talk more about that, obviously, in the coming time. And, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed about that. Obviously, Tracy's been a, a longtime friend. I've known him since his days when he played for the old Richmond Braves, and I was broadcasting those games. So we go back a long way. And, you know, they tried everything they could to, to get that Richmond baseball program going in the past 10 years. And now someone else is going to get that opportunity to try and get the Spiders back to where they were, you know, in the late 90s, 80s, and in the early in the early 2000s. So a little bit of college baseball breaking news this afternoon. Tracy Woodson out as Richmond's head baseball coach. All right, we are um, wide open the rest of the way. 804-327-0888 to get you on the air to interact with us. It's also our text line, 327-0888. We'll continue with the sports huddle after a timeout. 1061 ESPN. He loves sports. He loves talking about sports. And just like you, he knows he's smarter than any owner, coach, or ref in the league. 
Matt Josephs is live 3 to 4 weekday afternoons on 1061 ESPN Richmond. And now Cody Clemens with a rocket in the house has a chance to blast this place off. And a yes! left drive facing into right field. Rounding third is Turner speeding home. The Phillies have swept out the Tigers. Cody Clemens RBI single here in the bottom of the ninth inning. You so before I get accused of being a Philly homer, that's my guy, AJ. That's what the producer extraordinaire does. He digs up the play-by-play clip that the host would love to hear. Again, because I heard it for the first time yesterday. And that was actually a combination, wasn't it, AJ? That started out with their radio call with Scott Fransky on the Phillies radio network setting the stage and mentioning what I had mentioned earlier was that Rocket Clemens, Roger Clemens, was in the house in Philly last night. And then that was T-Mac, Tom McCarthy, who we've had on this show many times and does A-10 basketball on television. So we see a lot of him when he's at VCU and at Richmond uh, with the play-by-play call of of the game-winning hit by Cody Clemens. So well done there, AJ. You did that just for me, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, might, might as well double down on it. I tell you, I, I have a specific site I go to. I've done it with the NBA, and it was even better with that clip where they take all the calls and do the best version of it. It's a great, yeah. great site. Yep. Yes, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and even if, if you watch, uh, well, you know, I'm a baseball guy. If you watch MLB Network and they put highlight packages together, they do it the same way. You get the best of, of both calls, both teams, radio and TV guys, and they mesh them together. And that one was that was really cool because that started out with the radio calls. That was a great setup by uh, by Scott Fransky. You know, of, you know, here's Cody Clemens, chance to win it. Rocket is in the house. It could really blast things off, all of that. Fransky had the great line last year that is on T-shirts, you know, how I said, you know, poor Larry a crown is going to be on T-shirts in Atlanta. No, um, I didn't. I didn't hear that. For, <laughs> for last night, that was well placed, well done. Um, that, that, that's good. So last year, when when Bryce Harper hit the dramatic home run in the National League Championship Series against the Padres, Scott Fransky's line was, "It's bedlam at the bank." Because they play at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia, and bedlam at the bank has become a T-shirt. In, in Philly. I saw some of them when I was there this past week. I, did, I don't have one of them, but I did I did see them there. So I, I think that's going to be there as well. I don't think the Cody Clemens rocket blast off. I don't think that one's quite up there to do that yet, but that was a great setup. And then Tom McCarthy with an outstanding call of uh, Trey Turner scoring on the hip by Clemens last night that gave the Phillies the win. So this this has been fun. We are we are really connecting this afternoon and the last couple of days it in fact have been been a lot of fun. I can't tell you, AJ, how many people that were listening at least to a little bit yesterday um, were so enamored and had so much fun with our sitcom conversation yesterday of what sitcoms we like and relating them to sports like like Cheers primarily, um, and Seinfeld as well. So, so they had fun with that. You what? know what's funny? I was going to do this, but we ran out of time yesterday. You guys kind of felt bad for doing that. Do you know every time I come in here to get the to get Matt's show ready, I hear Fitz and Harry doing stuff like you. Shout out to Fitz and Harry. I yeah. hear them doing stuff like that all the time. So you guys were fine. Everybody well, loved it. 
then we'll keep doing it. And, and as we say, especially in the summertime when, you know, we don't have football and we don't, we don't have college basketball going yet. Um, although I don't, I hope, and Reggie, hang on, I'm coming to you. Um, I hope I don't do this a lot in the summer times, and that is use that crutch and use that excuse of, oh, we don't have anything going on. I think we've kind of proven here in the last couple of days we've got some pretty good stuff going on, whether it's national like like the NBA finals, and we haven't talked about the NHL. I think we've totally ignored that because the Capitals, you know, had such a bad year, didn't even make, make the playoffs, that we really haven't touched much on that. And there's a pretty good finals going on between Vegas and Florida. Great game last night that the Florida Panthers won in overtime to get a win in that series and make it 2-1. to one. But So I hope I, if I do it, A.J., stop me. You know, if I start complaining about how boring it is or how dead the time period is, but I just feel like there's always – there's always something. You got the NHL and the yeah. NFL and the NBA finals going right now. You got the college baseball tournament going. Oh, you know, we, we've got a lot planned, but every time we talk about something off air, I'm, I'm doing this to the audience because you're making us look bad here. Every time we do something, <laughs> we always talk about how we would tie it into sports, and we yeah. always do. So yeah, we've got a lot going. planned for the summer. So I keep hearing Matt and you talking about slow. It's no. going to be picking up. I got, I, we got a lot planned for you guys coming up real soon. I uh, wish I could talk about it. I'm with you, uh, 100% with you. So like I said, if you hear me say that, that it's the slow time or dead time or we don't even talk about it, just stop me in my tracks. I really I really am a believer that I don't believe that's true. I do believe there's plenty uh, for us. And, again, as we plan some segments as well, we've, we've kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit on the food thing that we've had some fun with. So we're going to keep trying to do some more some more of that. And having been to a couple ballparks this past week, could relate it to, to the food and the ballparks and all of that. So we got, we got some good stuff. Stuff. And then, again, sports keeps on going, and we do find, you know, riveting stuff to be able to, to talk about, whether, like I said, whether it's the NBA Finals on a national level or the college baseball tournament on a more regional and local level. I think we got it to talk about. And then we get callers like Reggie, and he always keeps things going. Hello, Reg. <laughs> Hall of Famer. What's going on, Bob Black? I'm always speaking to existence. You got the wrong number there, but nice to hear from you, Reggie. <laughs> Speaking of Hall of Famers, what the hands has going on with the Washington Nationals? I thought they supposed to be on the block to be sold. I mean, what happened? Pete Angelo blocking that again? I don't know if the Nationals were were on the sale block. Were they? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but I hadn't I hadn't heard much about that to be honest with you. It had all centered on the uh, Commanders' sale. But, um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, now that you say that, um, I'm, I know I'm looking that, online. That, I see yeah. Dan Snyder's interested <laughs> in buying the Washington oh, no. Nationals. <laughs> they're burning the stadium down. <laughs> so, I, I, like, just like AJ, Reggie, I, I pulled it up as well, and I don't know how uh, confident I am in a couple of these sites I'm looking at, but it does say – Washington Nationals have been put up for sale, like you said, but it's hit pause through the 2023 season. So it's probably not going to happen until uh, after 2023. So I'm and, just but, wondering with the TV deal and the radio rights that the Orioles have, my beloved Orioles have, and that territorial rights, that that might be holding up the sale. I, I think it is. I think that whole controversy and lawsuit over Masson is indeed kind of holding this thing up. I think you're absolutely right on that. And I'll tell you, that thing is so complicated, I'm not really sure what it what it actually entails. 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know which side of the fence who's on on that nationals and orioles i know they're they're battling over territorial rights obviously up there in the dmv and where masson and who masson has to pay as far as tv rights is concerned so everything i'm reading right now as we're talking has it on pause through the end of the 2023 season i guess the the learner family still owns the team ted learner passed away but the family still owns the team so and then the the whole masson Orioles thing, you're exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, you know, it's kind of sad because I guess people were so thirsty to get baseball back in the nation capital, and they did win a World Series, that they kind of took a bad deal when it came to territorial rights as far as on the media. Now yeah. that might be happening what's going on. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that. And um, so they, they do have to settle that and solve that first because I, I don't think you want to buy a major league baseball team and where you don't have the ability to negotiate your own tv rights that would be tough that would be really tough quick question about those ladies of oklahoma i think they hit another home run in the world <laughs> series ak national championship man what a wrecking crew they remind they me of bugs and bunny cartoon a cha-cha-cha bam cha-cha-cha Slide them balls out of there. Yeah, I think they hit a couple home runs today, even though the series is over. I think they just kept going. Yeah, I could have sworn I saw one up to the to the moon, Alice. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, there's a great sitcom. Jackie Gleason. Yes, a, a, AJ. AJ, what's the reference there to the moon, Alice? Do you know yeah, that? Yeah, that's one? the Honeymooners, right? Yes, it is. That that's the Honeymooners. <laughs> that's yes, good one, Reggie. Very good. Hey, I like remember it. J- Jackie say, hey, Alice, the curtain going up. You want to go up with it? <laughs> <laughs> My all-time is Sanford and Son. Oh, somebody oh text- no. <laughs> somebody texted that one in. I, I, we got some texts about favorite sitcoms, and I was looking back through it today, AJ, and somebody actually had uh, the Jeffersons and Sanford and Son. Well, I still like Carol O'Connor, All in the Family, man. Yeah, that's another Even good Sammy one. Sammy Davis, that was great. That's a, that's a great one. That, that Especially is Sammy a... kissed him on the cheek and said love and peace and walked out. He said, you see that? Sammy kissed me. I'm, I am going to go watch some of the reruns of these sitcoms because I will say in the summertime there's no great TV shows because I, I like the dramas yeah. and the police and all that. And, you know, until the writer's strike is over, it may go on for a long time. But At least what, December. The, What's the channel that just like kind of reruns all these sitcoms? There's 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 a network out there that does that. I don't even remember. What, you got cable on that. Yeah, if you got cable. <laughs> you might go to satellite. YouTube. Yeah, I, I'll you go to YouTube. You can get them on YouTube. You get them all right. You're right. You're absolutely right. All right, Reggie. Have a great weekend. You too, gentlemen. All right. Thank you, Reg. Let's get a break in here. Five thirty. A little bit past five thirty. Half hour to go on the Friday sports huddle. We'll continue after a break on one zero six one, ESPN. Nuggets respond, winning game three in Miami. Now the Heat face a critical game four. Will they bounce back, or will the Nuggets take the commanding 3-1 lead back to Denver? Coverage begins tonight at 7.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ABC, presented by Indeed. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Well, speaking of that, you will hear Game 4 tonight, 7.30 airtime, 8.30 game time from ESPN Radio. And I was just kind of pouring over the box score again from Game 3, kind of looking at it like, all right, what what do the Heat have to do 
um, you know, to, to win this game. Obviously, beyond the obvious of, you know, Jokic and Murray can't have 30-point triple-doubles. Uh, both of them can't. You, you know, you, you got to find a way to defend them better than that, Jokic especially, I would think. And then what do you got to do, you know, if you're Miami? Butler, you know, he, he gave you 28 in the in game in game three. Adebayo gave you 22. You know, where do they have to go uh, to make up that difference? I mean, it was a 15-point difference, as it turned out, in that game. And Eric Spolster kind of waved the white flag at the end of that game, um, kind of cleared his bench. But anyway, it was about a 15-point game. But I do think there are there are pathways to the heat winning tonight to, to evening that series at, at two games apiece. So um, I'm not sure exactly. Obviously, they got to shoot the three ball better. You know, they got to shoot it closer to the way they did in game two when they won than the way they did in game three when they lost. They were just 11 of 35 at, at 31%. I think, AJ, I think it was you who pointed out this is a really good point. Um, you know, they only had four turnovers in that game. Normally, you do that, you're you're in pretty good shape, and you force 13 by the opposition, but truthfully, this kind of came down to them just not shooting the ball particularly well. I mean, 37% from the floor and 31% from three, it's kind of tough to beat a team like the Nuggets. Well, and when with Porter playing so poorly, it, yeah. it's a missed opportunity. Like, if their three ball was going, it, it, it would look ugly for a hot minute. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think you're right about that. So I, like I said, I, I mean, do you? What do you think tonight? What do, I mean? Uh, I think the best way... Earmuffs, Robert. I think the best way for Miami to take this one is to follow Darvin Ham's advice. Darvin Ham said the best way to stop Joker is to kidnap him before the game. And <laughs> and barring that, I mean, look, I don't, I don't know. It's so weird. With this is what makes this series and really this playoff run for Miami so fun. Who knows who's going to step up? Someone's going to step up. Someone's going to score 18 when they have no business doing it so really the win and loss comes down to how denver performs and plays yeah i mean i'm a believer in miami not to win the series but to hang around and stay competitive and win games uh, i am a believer in that I, I believe in them tonight i think they're i think they're gonna win tonight i think you or sean said it yes i mean if they don't win tonight it's it's over in five i, I think that that would happen. So I've been um, I've been the guy who's been calling five, but I okay. wouldn't bet a penny against my, Miami. Just doesn't go away, man. Right, right. I just think they find a way to win tonight. And things have been too good down there in South Florida for it not to continue a little bit longer. As I mentioned, I'm like that's the beauty of sports. Both sides of it. We have storybook finishes. But we also have heartbreaking finishes, and I think that's what happens to the Heat. I think it's been a great story uh, through the playoffs. Eight seed, doing everything they did, had to win a play-in game just to keep it going. Knocked off the Bucks, uh, got knocked off the Celtics, you know, to to get to where they are. But I think it comes well, to an end on their home court. And this team does not talk about how injured they are. Where all, there's right. always this team's injured. As a Laker fan, I know how many times the injury report gets talked about, and they're like, "Oh, I'm injured tonight." You have Butler who's been playing on one one half one of an ankle. Yep. Yep. You got Oladipo out. You got Hero out. And, I mean, God knows, it looks like the only person that's really kind of rested and, and able to go is uh, Bam, you know? Uh, this mm -hmm. team's banged up. No doubt. No doubt. But, again, you don't feel sorry for teams in that boat because sooner or later you're in it with them. Um, you know, the Nuggets are just fortunate. You know, they haven't had the injuries. They have not hit them that way. So I agree with you on that, but I still think even if they were at full strength, Denver's the better team here, and maybe it's a little bit of a different script. 
but I, I still think eventually Denver would win would win the series, which is what I think is going to happen. But I, I like I said, I'm I'm in on the Heat tonight. What's uh, I didn't even look really. What's the line tonight? About three, three and a half maybe for Denver. I think. Uh, let me check that real quick on uh, this one. Yeah, three. The line is three. That's interesting. That the line is is actually only three for Denver tonight. So I would I would take the Heat and the points yeah. tonight. Not that I'm going to do that. The, the people Matt brought it up earlier that. That wicked burn that uh, that Murray has on his hand, like people think that's going to affect him. They hmm. think Porter's not going to come out of the slump. So I see what they're doing, but I don't mm-hmm. know, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'll go Heat tonight, and then, like I said, that'll be their last win of the season. Nuggets will get them at home, and then they'll finish it up in in Miami. All right, let's get a break in here. Final one um, for the week, as it turns out. We'll wrap it up for you. One more segment to go. Uh, recap some of the top stories of the day and get you up to 6 o'clock and get you into the weekend after one more timeout on the Friday Sports Auto. Thanks for locking in with us today on 1061 ESPN. Sports. He loves talking about sports. And just like you, he's got a lucky jersey that hasn't been washed for six seasons. It's going to smell like hot dogs. Jamie King is live weekday mornings from 7 to 8 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Um, a little bit more um, kind of breaking news nationally out of Major League Baseball. Sorry, AJ, I don't mean to, uh, you know, kind of beat you while you're down here on your Mets and what happened to them in Atlanta. But the other thing that happened to them in Atlanta is they lost Pete Alonzo, you know, their slugger. He got hit on the wrist by a pitch, and the the x-rays were negative, and I think they may have even done, you know, whatever they do, an MRI after that, and it was pretty good. But they are still saying he's going to be out three to four weeks, which is probably more than – he was hoping for, Buck Showalter was hoping for, and certainly Mets fans were hoping for. It was a really interesting kind of scenario of what happened. He had homered the night before, and he screamed some things out of the dugout. I think emotion got the better of him out at the Braves. I think he was more just fired up that he'd hit a home run. He had put the, the Mets ahead, all kidding aside, because uh, you know, we've talked at length about what happened with their leads. But I think he was more just fired up than anything and the next night very first time up charlie morton hits him on the left wrist with a fastball like 96 mile an hour fastball and i'll admit it like even as much of a baseball guy as i am i admit it i that first thought i had was wow was there some intent in doing that but if you watch the pitch a little bit more closely it's not the type of pitch that a major league pitcher, remember major league pitchers, they can throw the ball pretty much where wherever they want to. It's not the type of pitch that was thrown with intent to hit somebody. You're going to hit on the waist or the butt or the leg. You're you're not going to you're not going to throw it inside on the front side of the hitter and and aim like to hit him on the wrist. I just don't think there was and and Charlie Moore, you can tell by his reaction, and he's a veteran guy and a class guy. Um, that there was no intent to that. His reaction immediately was, oh, God, I, I didn't mean to hit him there. He was like, oh, and I shouldn't have had that crown royal. <laughs> that would change his pinpoint accuracy a, a little bit. And I guess he actually went to the Mets um, locker room, after clubhouse after the game um, and found Alonzo and was like, sorry, I, I really didn't mean it. And Alonzo didn't take anything by it at all. So I thought that was really good, really classy. Two veteran guys, two major outstanding major league players, 
and we didn't have any of the silliness of a beanball war or benches emptying and pushing and shoving and all of that. It was over and done with, and it was a mistake pitch by Morton, and it's going to cost the Mets as if things weren't going bad enough for them right now. Alonzo will be out three to four weeks. With I, I don't think they're calling it a break. I think it's still just a bone bruise, maybe a sprain of the left wrist, but it's got to be painful and would be really hard to hit with that kind of pain, and it's too bad. I mean, he was up to 22 home runs. Um, in fact, I think he led both the majors and the National League, 22 homers and 49 RBIs. Not a great batting average, but his production, uh, they're losing a lot in the production there, 22 home runs and almost 50 runs batted in. So a little bit more tough news there um, for the Mets. All right, now, moving forward as we get you into the weekend, um, we will have NBA Game 4 tonight. And then we'll have the Braves over the weekend and the Major League Game of the Week on Sunday night because the NBA Finals won't continue until Monday night. So i got plenty of baseball for you over the weekend. Now, while I'm talking about that, I mentioned this earlier in the week, but this is vacation season in addition to baseball season and summer season. So a week's vacation for me next week. So no sports huddle next week um and that's kind of the end of it i know there's been a lot of that here lately there's going to be some sporadic days off in the rest of june july and august but but nothing to the length um that i've taken over the last couple of weeks but i kind of warned you guys and gals that this was coming just kind of the way the schedule uh fell out this year so no sports huddle next week back actually on june 20th monday is june 19th um you know that is now a holiday um, so that will be a day off for us at Summit Media. So there will be no show, no local shows on um, on June 19th. So we'll be back on Tuesday, June 20th, and then we'll start to get into really more of a swing of things um, through the summer. Like I said, there are sporadic uh, days coming up um, that I'll be out, um, but it won't be the long, week-long without the sports huddle in the afternoon, whether you miss us or not. So this will be it until June the 19th uh should be a really good sports weekend talked about the nba finals game tonight the major league baseball games uh braves are home with the the nationals all weekend long the phillies and mets uh phillies and dodgers have a really big series this weekend the mets are in pittsburgh which will be an intriguing series um just keeps uh, as coming. well it just, yeah it does it i, I still i was just thinking that i like I, I keep coming back to those darn mets you know we'll see how long that losing streak continues but what i was really doing also was stalling for a little bit of time to see what the orioles were doing they're coming back off of their road trip which was not a great trip for them i think it finished 500 or game under 500 i mentioned yesterday's win a key win for them to kind of finish that up with a victory to come from behind and beat the brewers and now they get one of the worst teams coming in the royals are in baltimore this weekend and i will say this daniel lynch will pitch for the Royals tonight. He'd been out the start of the season with an injury. He's come back, and I bring him up because he pitched not only at Virginia, not only at UVA, but local guy out of Douglas Freeman High School right here in the Richmond area. And I'm a Godwin guy, not a Freeman guy, but I would root for a guy like Daniel Lynch. Um, But root for Godwin tonight, by the way. I think they're just getting started playing in the state semifinals up in Northern Virginia. So go Godwin tonight, amongst all the other VHSL championships that are being decided this weekend. But I'll keep my eye on on Godwin as both my kids went to Godwin. So go Eagles uh, tonight in the state semifinals in baseball. But the Orioles are home this weekend with the Royals. But the local product, Daniel Lynch, is on the mound tonight. Imagine he'll have some support from down here in the RVA. That's a 7.05 game. It's actually... 
the Apple TV Plus game tonight. So you can't even get that one on Masson this evening. That kind of stinks. For once, I'm going to say that that kind of stinks because I don't think I have the Apple TV Plus to watch that game uh, tonight. So we'll keep an eye on Daniel Lynch, anyway, pitching for the Orioles tonight. Mention the Nationals are in Atlanta to take on the Braves tonight, and you'll you'll not hear that one, but you'll hear the rest of the weekend series on Saturday and Sunday, and then NBA Finals Game 5, which could be the clincher if the Nuggets win it uh, tonight. Monday night could be the clinching game in the in the NBA. All right, uh, fun day today. AJ, great job. Uh, way, to, way to pull out some of the music and the sound bites and the play-by-play highlights. That was, that was a lot of fun this afternoon. And we did have a decent amount of breaking news with Virginia losing game one of the Super Regional to Duke 5-4. to four. The news out of Richmond, Tracy Woodson, Spider baseball uh, coach contract will not be renewed. Spiders are now in the market for a new head baseball coach. Pete Alonzo of the Mets uh, announced today out three to four weeks. Um, with that injury. And one other spider note, uh, more on the positive side, they, they did sign another freshman men's basketball player, Mikkel Tyne, out of Cumberland, Maryland, and he is a Canadian. Spiders have had some good success with uh, Canadians on their roster, obviously. So he's a 5'10 point guard. That gives Richmond 11 scholarship players, still two more uh, to get. But the Spiders announced that today in addition to the uh, – in addition to the Tracy Woodson news as well. All right, thanks to our guest this afternoon, uh, Mark Zuckerman, started our 5 o'clock hour from the Nats Chat podcast, and Michael Phelps, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, talking commanders in the 4 o'clock hour. AJ, great job today and all week. I'll miss you next week, but we will reconvene on Tuesday the 20th after one more week of vacation for me for the summer, and then we'll get into more of a routine as we get into fall and the football season. So have yourself a great weekend and a great week. Talk to you on Tuesday the 20th with the next Sports Huddle right here on 106.1 ESPN.